Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I'm your host, Joanna Juvelis. And we're back in the studio here at Belmont Media Center. It's been a long time. This is my first show since pre-pandemic. And I'm very pleased to have with us our Belmont Fire Chief, David Stefano. David has been on the job for about uh, eight months now. He started officially on March 15th. He was with the North Providence, Rhode Island Fire Department for more than 30 years before coming to Belmont. And he is our new chief, so thank you. I still consider you new, even though it's been almost a year. Welcome to the show. Come, thanks for coming on and taking time out of your busy schedule. I know anything can happen at any time. You could get a call and we'll have to stop recording, but I, appreciate, I really appreciate that you could be here. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. First, let's talk about the, the change that you made uh, at this stage of your life. I mean, 30 years, I've been with my job for, for 10 years, and I'm, I'm afraid of change, you know, especially at this point in my life, too. And I think we're about the same age. So how did you make that decision? I, I, you know, 30 years with the North Providence Fire Department, you lived in Rhode Island, you grew up in Rhode Island, and, and then you, you made this change to, to move your, you and your family to another state, so... How did you make that decision? Well, I think the time was right for us. Uh, you know, I think the only way you're going to grow is to take an opportunity to make a change sometimes. And that was, uh, was a great opportunity for me to, to make that change and to grow into a, a new aspect of my career. It's something I have been preparing for for, for many years. So it was a, a great opportunity to take. Well, it's really impressive that, you know, there were so many candidates and you made it to the final round, it was down to you and, and Wayne Haley, who's the assistant fire chief. He was an internal candidate, um, but they chose you, and they chose you for a lot of reasons. I know one of the reasons is um, a fresh set of eyes, um, and I know that you've, you know, since you've come to, to Belmont, you, you've actually made some changes that maybe someone who was there for a long time might, might not have made because, you know, sometimes it does take a fresh set of eyes to see, you know, things are being done a certain way and maybe there's a better way to way to do them. So why don't we talk about how the adjustment has been for you? Has it been challenging to this transition for the fire department to have this, you know, new guy? Nobody knows you. There's a lot of people that have been there for many years. So so how has that transition been and how have you managed the any challenges that you've had? 
Well, seven or eight months ago, nobody knew me. You're right. Uh, and certainly there, there's um, a growing process with the transition. Uh, we've made it through that very, very successfully. Uh, and we're looking ahead. Um, we, we've done a, a number of things uh, a little bit differently. Uh, we've continued to do a lot of things that have worked well historically, and we've augmented those things and, and done a few things uh, to make the department a little bit more resilient and hopefully uh, more robust in certain areas. And I'll be happy to talk about those uh, today. Uh, Definitely. But Definitely. I think that we've, uh, we've taken the best of what was there and, and uh, combined it with a few new thoughts. Well, why don't we talk about what was your first top priority, you know, your top priority coming into this new role? What was number one on your list and have you accomplished that? Well, I think the, the very first thing that I did, and I had talked about this uh, uh, pretty, um, pretty heavily uh, throughout the, the entire process, is uh, getting to know the department, getting to know the, the members in the department, doing the, the, the SWOT analysis, which I've reported out on a number of times now to various uh, folks in town, the select board and others, uh, where we stood with the SWOT analysis. So it was a great learning tool for me, and I think it was a tool of discovery for many people in the department uh, to see where we were, um, where we were going, what we're doing well, what we can do better. Uh, and, and where we should um, put our future efforts and energies. So what did, what, what did you find out from that SWOT, SWOT analysis? Well, it was a rather lengthy analysis that, I, that I've gone through, uh, you know, with the select board. And we've, we've you know, publicly we've looked at a, a bunch of different um, uh, portions of that. Mm -hmm. But overall, we've learned that the department uh, has some great strengths in its people, certainly. Uh, we... Uh, mentioned that uh, as the number one strength down to a person. Everyone mentioned the, the personnel in the department, and that's certainly true. We have some excellent people. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some excellent uh, equipment. We provide excellent service and care. These are all strengths of the department. Um, the, the folks in Belmont have given us uh, some really good equipment to work with, and they're continuing to do so, and, and we're all happy for that. Yeah. Um, we have some great opportunities for growth in the future. We're becoming more robust in our training. We're also doing a lot more and beginning to do a lot more public outreach and engagement. Mm -hmm. We've done a, a bit over the past six or seven months. It's been a little bit limited by COVID, unfortunately, but right. we're doing the, the best we can under, this, under the conditions now, and we're preparing more for the future when COVID eventually does lift. Um, we've mm -hmm. got some, some great things in store for the next six months or so. Uh, and you know, again, we can, we can talk about those as well. Uh, but some of the other things that we've done uh, is we're in the process of hiring six new people. And from what I'm told, uh, hiring six people at once is about the largest number uh, of new folks that have been brought on board uh, in anyone's recollection of the department. So it's a, a large number yes. of folks to bring on because we've had retirements, we've had folks leave for other jobs, and uh, we need to fill our ranks so that we're fully staffed. That really is a lot. So, so you, you said the reason for the turnover is just because you know, people either retired or, or moved on. You know, there wasn't any negati negativity because a new, I, I mean, I'll just be honest, it was a new chief came and they, they just decided, I don't want this anymore, I'm out of here. <laughs> no, that was not it at all. And I'll be honest that yeah. uh, I did exit interviews with every person uh, that Good. left. Okay. Uh, and that was uh, the farthest thing from people's minds. In fact, one of the gentlemen that left uh, wrote me a letter uh, subsequent to his, his leaving. And it was a very nice letter. Um, 
explaining, uh, in addition to what we talked about in his exit interview, uh, the fact that he thought the department was in very good hands and, and he was very pleased with the direction of the department, but his reason for leaving was convenience to where he lives, as was probably three of the four other folks that left. Um, for then, and that's yeah. what is a, an emerging trend in the fire service, particularly with firefighter paramedics being able to go from department to department um, almost at will uh, and <clears throat> you know, get, finding a department that, that, that suits them, um, the department they originally get on uh, after three or four or five mm -hmm. years. Uh, they may decide they want to relocate to another area of the state or they may decide there's a better opportunity in a larger department yeah. or there's a different compensation in a different department. Uh, there have been some uh, issues in the past prior to my arrival that you know, certainly brought up some, um, some turbulence. Uh, oh, really? Are you able to say anything about that? Well, I don't think it's any secret that there was the, the issue with civil service that happened about a year ago. So That's right. Yeah. That was certainly uh, no secret. That's still an issue. And uh, that, that certainly brought some turbulence to the department. And whenever there's right. that, that type of question or turbulence, people may feel at, uh, ill at ease or uncomfortable. I think that we've brought some stability to the department in the past seven or eight months. Uh, we've, again by bringing our direction, uh, bring a very focused direction to the department. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing people um, satisfied coming to work. I think you're seeing people with opportunities that may have, they may have never had before uh, at work. Uh, and I think that's what our folks were looking for. And that's what the result of the SWOT analysis showed us. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so how was it recruiting new people? Was it, was it hard to get the number of recruits that you ended up with? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not sure how familiar you are with civil service. As you said, you, you dealt with this before, but mm -hmm. we don't recruit people in the civil service system. Well, we request lists from yeah. the so, civil service. And so did you feel like you got a good pool of candidates from that? We, we had enough candidates to fill our positions, which I'm thankful for. Uh, and that's, you know, that may not always be the case. I know uh, the police department has had some issues filling yes. spots. And, yeah. you know, fortunately, we had enough candidates to fill our positions. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. I'm, I'm happy to hear that, too, because I was wondering, um, today, do you think men and women want to pursue a career in firefighting? I mean, how appealing is that line of work today for people? Well, I think certainly some do. Um, I think it's appealing to, to certain people. I think there are probably many people that would do well in the fire service and, and have a wonderful career in the fire service if they only knew about it. And now everyone knows what a firefighter is from the time you're about three years old, but not everyone knows really what a firefighter is and does in the modern sense of the term. Uh, and, and that's a little bit of an identity problem throughout the entire American fire service. Uh, typically, we as a broad American fire service don't do a wonderful job uh, telling people uh, about our capabilities, mm -hmm. about our virtues, about um, what we have to offer as a career and what we, also what we have to offer as a community service. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we've been very um, bullish on, trying to get out into the community and, and talk to as many people as possible, meet with people, engage yeah. people, and tell them, Look, this is your fire department. The Belmont Fire Department is your fire department. We're here for you. Right. Um, you know, we have an awful lot of capability, an awful lot of education exists within this department and some really talented individuals. And, and these are some of the things we can do for you. We've talked about our missions, we've talked about our capabilities and things like that. And that's what, the, what we want to continue to do. I agree. Um, 
you really hit the ground running since day one. I, I, I'm really impressed with how much you've accomplished. Can, can you talk about some of the accomplishments you've made, changes you've made that you're proud of? Sure. No, that, that was the plan, to hit the ground running. Um, you know, and also the plan was we don't need to change what works well. You know, there, there's no need to come in and, and upset the apple cart. Things that are working well, we, we keep in place and right. we support and, and we may support even more robustly, you know, and, and keep going in that direction. Other things that may require a little tweaking from time to time. You know, we, we initially very, very early um, into my time here in Belmont, we looked at the ambulance, uh, the billing and fee structure. We modified that, made it a little bit more modern with the times. Yeah. Um, we're looking like we're going to do well uh, and collect uh, certainly more receipts than we have in the past. I, so I, what is the actual change that you made that makes it a little more uh, revenue generating than what it was? Sure. Actually, there, there were a couple of changes. Um, we changed the, fee, the fees themselves mm -hmm. uh, and brought them up to par with our neighbors. Um, our fee structure really hadn't been touched in about 10 years or so. So other folks, uh, other communities around us have, have gone up and, and charged um, more um, realistic rates. And we were mm -hmm. still, you know, looking at rates that were 10 years old. So, you know, we, we moved those up uh, into a little more uh, modern footing. And we also changed the structure, the fee structure itself. Mm -hmm. And we, we were in what they called uh, like an a la carte menu, where you were, you were billed or charged for one thing at a time, one particular service at a time. And that's really not the way things are done nowadays. That was uh, probably a pretty good model to follow mm -hmm. uh, when the program started, but things are, are done in conjunction with each other. Treatments are done in conjunction with each other nowadays. So if you have A, you also have B, C, and D. So right. we'll charge you at, as, at a package type of thing. Um, and I think that over time, time will certainly tell the exact receipts, but you know, right. I think over time we're going to do well with that. So that was certainly one thing that we did. Um, we've worked to um, really, and, and again, as a result mm -hmm. of the SWOT analysis, we found that our folks like to train, they want to train, they want education, they want more training, and we're putting effort into that. Oh, that's uh, great. We, we put some great effort into um, purchasing and building some training props as realistic as, pro as possible. We're putting more time into it. The department has always done well with training, but we're moving it, moving it up a notch or two, a little bit more robust in the types of training that we're doing. Really? Uh, That's great. Particularly in hiring a bunch of new firefighters, we're going to have a pretty large um, cadre of firefighters that are brand new. So that what they lack in experience, we hope to give them in, in, in more training time. So that will help us uh, be successful, I believe. Excellent. I know you've also gotten some new, new equipment. Um, so how would you say your current fleet is, you know, the, the vehicles and, you know, the equipment that you have, the st what's the state of all that currently? We're, we're very fortunate. We, we really are. We just put a new, a new pumper in service in August, um, and that was something that was ordered probably about a year or maybe even a little bit more prior mm -hmm. to it being put in service. So that was well before um, I was even thought of for this job. You know, that was something that was in the works. It was un un in under construction, um, you know, for some time. Unfortunately, COVID delayed that very, very seriously. Right. Uh, so we had some, some really long delays in getting that truck delivered to us, but it is in. Uh, it, it's doing a good job for us. Uh, it, it's really... Uh, the right tool for right now for us. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it does it does a very good job. So that that went in service, like I said, in August. Uh, s since then, we've done a few other things. Some of those things were planned, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
quite a ways back. Okay. Uh, like the new radios that we purchased, that was part of the uh, capital budget uh, expense that was uh, in this budget cycle. Okay. Um, it was it was thought of and it was put in. You know, in the what are these new radios? So they're they're Motorola portable radios, hmm. and they are current or state-of-the-art type radios that meet the current NFPA standards. Uh, prior to about oh, a year or two ago, uh, there was um, a different standard for uh, fire department radios. There was no thermal protection provided for fire department radios, oh, really? or there was no standard for thermal protection. Um, just That's just one feature. Uh, so that has since become at, uh, been added to the standard. So our radios meet uh, the new standard uh, for both uh, the hardware uh, of the radio and uh, programming software, which we're in the process of doing right now. It's a, a bit of a lengthy process to program all the radios, uh, but we're in the process of doing that right now, and oh, we're, wow. we're putting in programming to these radios that are going to be much more user-friendly uh, in that if a firefighter gets in trouble, it's going to be a lot easier for uh, he or she to find the correct channel to uh, to, oh, to, to hopefully get uh, get some rescue. That's really good. Is there anything that's happened over the past uh, eight months that you didn't expect? Uh, I don't know, any kind of disaster? I, I, something actually comes to mind, so I'm sure this might, might be what you talk about, but a, a res, you know, an emergency that you responded to. No, you know, and that, that's one of the, the interesting things about the fire service. No two days are ever exactly alike, even when you work in an office. <laughs> no two days, I work in an administration in the fire department, no two days are exactly alike. So you could find yourself um, you know, in a meeting in the morning and at a fire in the afternoon. So that, that's an interesting part of the job. Kind of uh, like my job. You just never know when there's going to be breaking news. Well, that's right. You have to be right on it. So um, you know, as far as uh, you know, emergencies and things of that nature, they're, they're fairly typical of what I would expect. Um, you know, we, we've had a number of different types of things happen in the past several months. We've had a, a f several small fires. We've had some hazardous materials uh, incidents. We've mm -hmm. had, uh, you know, some interesting things happen. Um, the department is an active department, uh, particularly for a, a town this size. It uh, does a lot of runs uh, and keeps everyone busy. So it's, it's And there's also the one that came to my mind was the building evacuation. Sure. 125 Chappello Road. Um, that everybody had to be evacuated. I don't know how many people there were, like 75 people. So that was something that your department assisted with because mm -hmm. they thought the building was in danger of collapsing. And that was soon after the whole Miami building collapsed. And luckily the building is still standing, does have a fence around it. And the latest report I read was that, you know, it's possible a brick could fall off from the outside of the building. But other than that, it's safe. It's a safe building to, to live in. Do you want to talk about that at all, about how you your department handled that? I, I'll tell you, the, the one thing I, I would like to talk about is our response to that uh, was excellent. It was a hot uh, day, if I recall. It Very was hot. just about 100 degrees. <laughs> so that, yeah. that was interesting and challenging yeah. in and of itself. But uh, I, I can't commend the members enough that responded to that incident. We used everybody that was working that day, and we also called in a few folks. We needed some additional uh, support at the scene, uh, and we, we expanded our incident command structure to meet the challenge of the incident. Mm -hmm. uh, our folks 
did not skip a beat um, expanding that command structure. Uh, we had all our bases covered. We covered people that were being evacuated. We took care of their needs. Uh, we, we dealt with the safety of the firefighters that were operating at the scene, the safety of the civilians that were being evacuated mm -hmm. from the scene, uh, managed uh, the media presence, managed uh, you know everything that was going on. There were a lot of moving parts to it, but I couldn't be prouder of the folks that, uh, that I work with. Yeah, that was definitely a headline day. Um, for Belmont. And how would you say Belmont compares to North Providence? And what have you learned about Belmont over the past eight or nine months? Well, I can tell you, I've learned a lot about Belmont. I'm sure I have more to learn, and <laughs> I, will, I will never be done learning, uh, for sure. But uh, some things that I can say about Belmont is there is an incredible amount of uh, community engagement and civic engagement in town. True. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just one thing that I had really no idea that I would encounter. You know, it's not something that you know uh, coming into it. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, there in, in any city or town, there are citizen groups and there are folks that are in, actively involved, but uh, the number of, of citizens groups, the number of committees and boards and, and folks that want to be involved and want to help the community, uh, I think is astounding. It, it really is. It's like nothing I've ever experienced. Um, and I think it's, it's good engagement. I think the, the vast majority of those folks are there just to help. Uh, and, and they want to make a, a better community any way they can. And, and one of the things that we've tried to do and we are trying to do is reach out to all of those folks. Um, we've had uh, Belmont Human Rights Commission uh, in, and in fact, they're in as we speak. Oh, wow. Um, talking to every single Belmont firefighter. Uh, um, Brian Nato has been in twice so far. He has going to come in two more times next week and catch uh, each working group, give us a little bit of training on what his, his commission does, what they're about, or what we can do to help them, what they can that's do to great. help us. So you know, that type of community out, outreach, you know, that's one example, but you know, it's one example of folks in our community that we're reaching out to, uh, and you know, we would like them to reach back to us. That's pretty impressive. Is there anything that you did in North uh, Providence that Belmont wasn't doing that, that you've that you've brought to Belmont, something new? Yeah, you know, each department has its own nuances uh, based on the, the size of the department, the type of citizenry and, and infrastructure that it protects and, and things of that nature. So there, there are some things that you can't cross-pollinize, but there are some things that you can. And, and we've, done, we've started to do some of that. And some of that is the, uh, the tiered training program that we introduced. Some of that is a new look at our standard operating procedures mm -hmm. that we've started. Uh, some of that is the community risk assessment that we're in the process of doing right now. Uh, wow. We started to send our folks out. Uh, one of the captains in the operations division uh, was good enough to come up with a, a really great fact sheet for us uh, to take out into the field and um, help us learn about buildings and ta target hazards uh, uh, in, in the town. Oh, really? Uh, compile that information in a very good uniform manner and take it back with us so we can study it further, develop pre-plans, uh, and work towards our community risk assessment, and then work towards community risk reduction. That will be the, the follow-up piece. Hopefully we, be, we, can, uh, we can report on that in the not say, too distant future. I was going to say, I look forward future. to seeing that report. You give very good slide presentations, by the way, I noticed. Very. Well, I can, <laughs> I've been an instructor for about 22 years. So oh, I'm, really? I can give a PowerPoint I presentation. I can see that. It's very impressive. <laughs> um, now, looking ahead, what do you hope to accomplish uh, within the next year? And what do you, what do you think is lacking in Belmont's fire department that you hope you can acquire, whether it be through a funding or a grant or 
something. Sure. <laughs> no, we're working on a couple of initiatives right now. Um, first, uh, equipment-wise, uh, we're looking at a couple of different funding sources before we have to come to the citizens of Belmont to replace our air packs. Uh, th that's something that really needs to be done. We're in a... Um, Oh, yeah. Almost at a point where we're in a dire need for them. Uh, they're just about 10 years old. What is it used for? Self-contained breathing apparatus, ear packs. That's so, definitely a necessity. Uh, exactly. Uh, it, it's the firefighter's survival tool. Right. His personal protective equipment, his ear pack, are his survival tools or her survival tools. And we can't help you if we're not protected. Right. So, you know, uh, the age of the ear packs, the condition of the ear packs, they need to be replaced. Um, it's something that we're going to seek out a grant for. It's, okay. it's an expensive proposition, so we're going to seek out a grant. Um, hopefully, we would get that, but it's something that we need to, to look to capital budget for as well, just in case the grant fails, because it's something that we need to upgrade without uh, any, uh, I agree. any delay. Mm -hmm. um, so that, there's that piece of equipment, or pieces of equipment. Uh, we've got several different initiatives that we're... we're poised to roll out. Uh, we just put in for a grant, and I believe that, well, I hope we'll be successful. I believe we will put in a grant to um, start an EMS bike unit. So, oh, wow. Uh, I think that's a, a, that almost is a no-brainer for Belmont. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things I've learned since I came here is this is a cycling community. Uh, there are a lot of folks that, that, that cycle here. That's um, for sure. You know, we have people every day uh, that are riding bikes. Uh, at some point, we'll have the community path. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll have that. And we have a lot of community events. I certainly don't have to tell you the number of community events that we have in the right. course of a summer, fall, spring. Uh, and an EMS bike unit is ideal for those events. Uh, it gets uh, firefighter paramedics and EMTs close to the action, mingling in with the people uh, in places where you can't get an ambulance quickly. Uh, True. Things like town day, things like some of the, 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 the games, uh, whether it's soccer or football or baseball, what have you, uh, some of the other activities that we have, road races, things of that nature, uh, it gets our people into that service delivery area much quicker than in an ambulance. I agree. Uh, it, it puts people, puts our firefighter paramedics and EMTs with the people to engage them, uh, community related wise uh, and also that service delivery wise so I think that's something that we can do that's not terribly expensive I agree. Uh, yeah, that really provides great. an excellent service it can be used on the bike path you know when that's built uh, it can be used in some of the off-road trails that we have uh, through town mm -hmm. and We've had a couple of incidents since I've been here where we've had people down on those trails. Unfortunately, they weren't deep into a trail where it was an extended really? length of time mm -hmm. to get there. But, you know, it certainly would be more uh, expeditious to ride a bike there than walk. Uh, so these, oh, these so when do you think we'll see these bikes? We're hoping for the spring. Oh, really? That's very We're exciting. Hoping. Yeah, you know, the, the Headline. <laughs> yeah, the, the grant should come through, um, you know, in time to purchase them. Uh, we have some training that we have to do, which was part of the grant. So I can, uh, I've can i had about eight or ten folks that have expressed a great interest in being part of it. Excellent. Uh, which is fantastic for a 54-person department to have ten people that want to be part of this initiative. Um, I agree. Great enthusiasm. So we're going to send these folks off to training and... The hope is to have them uh, online for late spring or summer. That's very exciting. Now, how has the pandemic affected your department and, and your line of work? Sure. Oh, no, it, it's greatly affected us. You know, uh, we still go to work every day and do the same things. Uh, you know, 
pre-pandemic and in the current situation, you know, I, I think we are certainly in a different place now than we were a year ago. Mm-hmm. We know a lot more now. Things are a lot more uh, controlled now than they were a year ago. But yeah. but coming through that year or year and a half even of the pandemic, you know, we saw an awful lot of changes. We saw firefighters across the country coming to work and having to segregate themselves rather than being in that the community atmosphere in a firehouse that we're used to. True. Uh, so, you know, Folks would come in, you know, all over the country this was done. Folks would come into work, and instead of getting together in, in one room or two rooms or doing training together, we segregated people as far as possible mm-hmm. to, to try and keep people healthy. Um, you know, we right. certainly did an awful lot of COVID calls like every other city and town in town in the Commonwealth and in the country. Uh, we had to, you know, we, we used to wearing PPE. Uh, we wear it all the time. But this was a little different because at the beginning, as you know, Nobody was 100% positive how this was spreading in in the first couple of months. I know. So there were an awful lot of questions, and and none of us wanted to bring this home to our family. Uh, But yet everyone came to work, uh, and and everyone did what they had to do. So it it certainly has impacted us that way. It's impacted us um, as far as money spent on PPE. A lot of that has been thankfully uh, refunded with some of the federal monies. We're right now, in fact, looking to hopefully install some uh, air filtration units in our frontline fire apparatus and rescue apparatus mm-hmm. uh, that will not only help uh, in the COVID fight, but will help in, in other airborne pathogens and also airborne carcinogens in the firefighting realm. So we're hoping to possibly get some federal assistance to purchase and install those. Uh, they're not terribly expensive, so we're, we're hoping that oh, that can good. be done. Um, and I think it'll, it'll not only help, help keep the firefighters safe, but it'll help keep the, the, the folks that we're transporting to the hospital and our ambulances safe. Is it better now, now that more people got the vaccine? I think it's much better. I think it's getting better. I, I think it's when getting do you think we're better. out of the woods? Boy. Oh, I wish I knew. <laughs> I'm hoping it's soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Um, I think we have time for... Okay, we do have time for one more question. Um, you told me uh, when I interviewed you when you first came on um, for the newspaper I interviewed you, I asked you what inspired you to become a firefighter. And, and you said, you know, when you were a young boy, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it was a particular person that influenced you. Do you want to talk about that? And, and then what do you love about what you do? So what inspired you to become a firefighter and what do you love about being a firefighter? Sure. Well, I, I think uh, I have to go back a long way, but <laughs> <laughs> I think you know some of the things that that I, I kind of helped to mold me growing up was you know I grew up in an era where those were the, the folks, and I'd, I'd like to think it's still the same. But mm-hmm. you know, folks like firefighters, police officers were, were our heroes, uh, and I had uh, my uncle was a firefighter. Um, you know, I, I absorbed everything I could that was, uh, you know, in books and, and TV, and we didn't have the internet at the time, but uh, amazingly enough, uh, you know, everything I could about firefighting. And, and you know, th- that was one of the things that I had a, a great interest in. I thought it was an exciting career. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a challenging career. I was really looking for the challenge, looking forward to it, and I still am. Uh, that's why I'm here. Uh, you know, uh, every day, as I said before, every day is different, and I really like that. Um, I, I like the challenges. That there are definitely some challenges here uh, that I have experienced before. Mm-hmm. There are some new challenges here, which is really actually fun and interesting to deal with. And uh, you know, as long as the job is challenging and enjoyable to do, I want to do it. Well, I do think it takes a very special person to do what you do, and you do put your life 
on the line anytime you respond to an emergency. Um, so I do think that you should still, you know, always consider yourself a hero. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, the firefighters don't think of themselves that way. Um, you know, we're just folks that we're coming out to do a job, but I think that what a lot of people don't realize is what they have in their firefighters and in the Belmont Fire Department in particular. Uh, there are 11 firefighters working today uh, that will go above and beyond for anybody in this town at any time. Uh, they'll use their years of experience, education, knowledge, and any, any piece of equipment we can possibly leverage to help you in any emergency or non-emergency that you may have. We, we will go out and we will help you with those things that are mundane that we may have a little bit of knowledge and expertise in just to help folks out. You know, that's, it's what we do. It's why we became firefighters. And I can say that down to a person on the department that that's what we have here. And I'm proud of that and I'm, I'm happy for it. Well, it's good to know Belmont can, can feel safe. We are safe. Absolutely. We have a great fire department and a great leader of that fire department, and I wish you well. I, I hope that you feel at home, uh, and if, if not, that you feel at, you know start to feel at home soon. I know it takes time, but you know Belmont um, is a special place, that's for sure. So. Well, thank thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Oh, help, hope to have you on again in, in a year and talk about all the other accomplishments that you've made. That'll be great. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I'm buzzing off for now. going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.